Well, fast am I. Good afternoon. Welcome along to Manx Radio's Man in Line for Thursday, 14th of December. Alex sitting in the chair for Andy, who's a bit under the weather today. Get well soon, Mr Wind. It's an open line through till one o'clock. So what shall we talk about? Well, we're going to be pressing the UK for an extension of the Isle of Man's territorial waters. Are we a little nation standing up for ourselves? Are we going for a territorial grab, a land grab? Do you think it's worth it? And talk about that a little later on. We're also going to be talking about how the government is introducing a rush law to prevent gas customers having their supply cut off. Uh, that was, of course, news that uh, broke this morning. Or, of course, anything else that uh, you fancy uh, discussing this afternoon. We're also talking about uh, how um, Alfred Cannon um, has unveiled plans, obviously, to grow the island's population to 100,000. But are they doing enough? Is it just a case of, I've mentioned this before on Man in Line, you know, if you come, we will build it. Um, because um, I was speaking to some people last weekend who came up to me and I was like, oh, lovely to see you. I hadn't seen them for a while. I said, yeah, we've moved away and we've come back on holiday and there's just nothing here in the winter. What would you do with a family in the winter? And the people who normally stand up and, you know, for the island and say, there's plenty to do if you look for it. Well, is it the job of um, people who are wanting to go to a place to turn around and go, well, I'm going to force myself to like this place and force myself to find things to do? Or should the place be attractive? Okay, I can tell you the, um, uh, the traditional thinking on that point. You know, when there's places to go, there's things to do. The condition of the place is in good condition. We spent £25 million on a promenade in Douglas, and it's still not finished. Things like that, OK. Um, uh, are we just keeping our fingers crossed more people are going to come here and ignoring the day-to-day things that make life worth living on the island? Um, well, that's uh, something else you might have an opinion on. Um, now, let's have a look at that story um, this morning. Plans to outlaw gas disconnections in certain circumstances. This is the gas regulation bill that's going before the House of Keys next week. Um, the uh, the current administration, Alf Cannon's administration, the government wants to introduce legislation to prevent certain gas customers having their supply cut off. Now, a bill is due to go before the House of Keys next week aimed at providing the uh, Council of Ministers with the ability to prevent disconnections. This is the Gas Regulation Amendment Bill 2023, which the government describes as short and focused. And it's going to be brought by the Minister for the Cabinet Office, Kate Lord Brennan, who will seek support to take it through each of its stages at Tuesday's sitting. What do you think of this? Is this something that's been rushed through? Is this something that um, is desperately needed? Is this maybe a loophole that we're finally closing? Or, if I'm going to flip over to the other side of the fence, you do find that governments and civil servants, especially in further other countries, take advantage of a crisis to do a power grab. Are we going to suddenly give lots of power to a regulator, whereas that won't actually solve the problem? But in future, we'll come back and say, oh, well, that was rushed through. Nobody noticed that because the politicians were focused on this single problem. And it's granted a whole lot more power and problems down the line that we didn't realise at the time. I'd, I'd love to hear your um, your thoughts on that. 66 13 68 is the number to call, or you can text 166-177. Um, but, but we will go to the lines, because uh, it, is, it is meant to be a phone-in programme after all. And um, uh, Peter is on the line. Uh, good afternoon, Peter. How are you? Oh, good afternoon. It's Peter Murkos here. I'm very well, thank you. I just want to make some comments in connection with the Isle of Man Constitution Bill. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be overlooked, but uh, when Lord Lisvane did his review of the functioning of Tinwald report in back in 2016, in paragraph 43, which I was checking through last night on the internet, 
This is what Lord Lisvane said. I can find no compelling reason to remove the vote from the bishop, nor the bishop from the legislative council. On the contrary, I think his membership is desirable. So that was um, Lord Lisvane. And so there's no doubt about that, that he supported um, the ongoing presence and vote. But there were some other things that were very interesting that were raised in his report as well. In paragraph 45, he said that the then bishop, that was uh, Robert Patterson, who'd given evidence to him, not the bishop who's just gone, uh, that he'd commented on the fact that he thought that, as I'll read you what Lord Lisbane says, that he'd said that um, as he was the only voting ex officio member of Tinwald, he was required to vote on matters of which he has no opinion and no axe to grind whatsoever, and that it was, and he didn't think it was desirable that he should just have to excuse himself from the chamber uh, when he didn't wish to vote. He thought, he suggested that, therefore, uh, there ought to be a provision for him, as he has a unique position, to be allowed to abstain. Now, at the moment, of course, uh, people can't abstain, but he thought in view of his uh, distinctive position, he should be able to abstain from voting. And he also made uh, some comments, which I won't uh, go into here, about um, the question of when there is, when there needs to be a quorum in the Legislative Council. And he, again, thought he ought not to be regarded as having to be there for the quorum. So what I'm saying is that um, you were talking about bills rushing through. Mm-hmm. The current bill that's before the House of Keys is really premature. In fact, it's not needed because they've already resolved the matter last summer that they wanted to keep the bishop and his vote. But even if they do want to bring that in, uh, bring and now reverse that as far as the vote goes, um, I don't think that it's been thought through. Uh, there's quite obviously a lot of other issues that need to be considered, not only the ramifications of the bishop losing his vote, but also the fact that I don't think that these proposals from Lord Lisvane um, have ever been discussed. He did say that it would need to be discussed by the legislature if they wanted to make some changes that the bishop himself had suggested. Um, I'm not aware that they're being discussed. And so, quite honestly, um, it seems to me that uh, this bill is premature, or at the very least, it ought to go to a select committee where a far greater scrutiny can be had and a greater uh, consideration of all the constitutional ramifications of what they're proposing to do. Okay, Peter, um, uh, let me, I'll take two sides of this then with you. Um, That in terms of um, the current um, uh, bill that's gone for second reading, do you feel that this is a personal agenda from certain members because um, we do find that when um, members are in there, you get the impression from the outside 
that um, when they have their own personal agendas, that if they don't get the answer they want the first time, we get we we wait a few months or we wait a couple of years, and the same topic comes back again. And it's quite a governmental thing that you know. Um, I think the Queen's Pier is the prime example as to how many times they discussed that over oh, and yeah. over and over, wanting the same answer. The Heritage Railways are the same, um, and as you mentioned, the, they they debated the bishop last year. Um, do you think it's it, it's just trying to get the correct answer in their view by just asking the question again? Well, I really don't know. Uh, but, I mean, after all, we're a democratic society. If somebody has got a personal agenda, um, I don't see why they can't pursue it if they so wish. It's really up to other people to decide whether it's appropriate for that to be brought up again. I wouldn't wish to criticise anyone who's got a particular desire to um, keep on bringing up the subject. But there are, I think I'm right in saying, well, there used to be rules that if a matter had been extensively discussed and resolved upon, uh, that it shouldn't be brought up within a short space of time. I think that's a different question, Mm. frankly. Uh, So uh, the answer is... um, uh, well, everyone's democratic right to keep on pressing for something they want to do, but we do need to have other issues considered and, quite frankly, to reconsider an issue that has been thoroughly aired and discussed only last summer, I think is, quite frankly, at this point, it is a waste of legislative time, and I've said so before. So if I that's take, my, I'll, I'll, let me let me let me flip over to the other side of the fence then to uh, to offer some balance to this argument that because um, I know for well a certain member will probably get, take to Twitter and rant about me if I don't um, that <laughs> um, when it comes to uh, the members of Legco generally do you think removing the vote from the bishop is the thin end of the wedge because. Um, in the UK, the upper chamber is the House of Lords, which um, a large majority are people who are former law lords, people with experience in drafting legislation and scrutinising legislation. And in the Isle of Man, LegCo is not made up of law lords or people with um, uh, experience uh, in drafting legislation or the um, judiciary process and things like this. And they're not directly elected. They're elected by the keys. Do you think in terms of a democracy that... Actually, all members of LegCo, um, including what the seat that's currently got the bishop in it, should be um, elected by the people. That means they're accountable to the people if we're going for true democracy. I think that I certainly think there's a very good case uh, for being elected by the people. Trouble is that over the years, and I've been on the island for 33 years now, um, I've seen numerous bills coming forward with regard to LegCo even going back to Sir Charles Carouche's time, I think mm-hmm. I think one was introduced in his time there. And every single time, they've just not been able to agree. Um, it may be that in the... I do think it's uh, very unsatisfactory that the Keys should be the ones who elect them. I don't think they should be, have a hand in it at all. If you're going to have um, certain people to decide, you really need a neutral body. Uh, Somebody once before suggested the Appointments Commission. Lord Lisvane, if I remember rightly, didn't think that that would be entirely appropriate. He thought that if you were going to have um, some other body, uh, you would actually specifically probably need to create what that body was, wholly independent 
I do think the present situation where the keys uh, decide is uh, really very, very unsatisfactory indeed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a, a complete democracy if they could agree, but I don't think they can. In the interim, I think they should make provision in the way that I've just described. OK, and final question for me, Peter, and then we'll move on, uh, is that yeah, um, if... Um, uh, that Legco, we're talking hypothetical here, if the bishop kept his vote in Legco, um, could you see an argument to say, actually, um, that we should have um, the head of the Church of England, the, the bishop with a vote, and then maybe the heads of other religions with a vote to reflect the community, and then you have members who are um, atheists, who are representing the, uh, the, the agnostic community on the island, and then, surely, we're representing Everybody. So instead of saying it's just the the uh, one religious leader, you have people from various different religious organisations and people who are um, non-religious. And surely we're representing the beliefs of everyone there, wouldn't we? Right. One point, really. Uh, just uh, there are a lot of points, but I'll just mm -hmm. make one because you need to move on. Uh, have you thought about the cost of that? If you're going to have a vast legco, aren't you? Mm. You're going to have a large number of people. Um, the cost of government is high enough as it is. And I don't think you'd want to swell the numbers, considering uh, the size of the Isle of Man, uh, to the extent that you're saying, um, because of the actual cost. I think it works very well at the moment, has worked well. And you know the old adage, um, if it works, don't fix it. And that is one that ought to prevail, I think, at this particular time. OK, thanks, Peter. Thanks for Thank your call. You. Lovely yep. to speak Bye -bye. to you. Um, do you have a, a, a view on the bishop's role in Timwald? Any of those three views I've put forward, or, of course, any others as well, um, that... Um, thank you to text at 845 says I was wondering if the bishop doesn't have a vote is it worth having a bishop on Ireland um, well I suppose from a, from a religious perspective yes um, because obviously it plays an important role um, that um, very, Mary and Douglas says I feel very sorry for the bishop everyday discussions about him as if he was a criminal he's a human being with feelings and it sounds like he's being punished by removing his uh, vote um, well thank you very much for Mary I suppose you know that it Let's be honest. Um, conversation, which I would always class as pub conversation, which has become social media conversation, suddenly means that in the world we feel all right being nasty to each other um, because um, people feel distanced. And uh, when there is a, a genuine debate to be had about any topic, um, it does get personal normally. So I see your point there. Um, that uh, let, <laughs> G says, shock horror. The Isle of Man needs to be more vibrant to keep people here. Mr. Cannon, tell us what you're actually going to do then. Well, that is the point, OK? He is the head honcho. He's going to be on the man in line tomorrow um, with Andy or myself, depending on uh, if Andy's better enough. And we can ask him these questions, OK? Don't tell us the bleeding obvious. Tell us what you're going to do about it. That's why you're collecting your salary and that's what you were voted in for. And that goes for every member of the House, OK? They're not there to debate and tell us what the problems are. They're there to solve them. And if they don't want to solve them, maybe move aside for people who will. Um, in Alex, um, there we go. In the UK, the law is vulnerable. Um, the, sorry, the law is that vulnerable customers cannot be cut off between October to March. That's interesting. We're talking about this new law that's going to be uh, rushed in next week in order to prevent um, uh, certain gas customers not being cut off. Um, and I was saying, are we rushing it? Are we um, providing too much power to one regulator? Would we have got to this situation if we'd have given the Office for Fair Trading more teeth? 
it's something we hear a lot about, isn't it? Um, that the Office for Tra- Fair Trading should do this, should do this, should do this. And then um, many, many chairs of the Office of Fair Trading have come back and said things along the lines of, we, we don't have the power. We don't have the power. And then situations get to the situation they are currently with um, gas customers on the Isle of Man. So um, are we um, trying to fix this stable door after the horse is bolted without actually possibly looking at the other stable doors that are a little rotten, shall we say? What else have we got coming in by text? You can call me, by the way. 66 13 68. I'd like to have a chat with you like we did with Peter. Um, steam packet prices. Why don't all government workers get the same discount as steam packet workers? After all, we all work for government. Better still, everyone should just be paying the same. Well, I, I can see in an idealistic world how that would be lovely. You know, because we've all taxpayers and we've all effectively bought um, the steam packet. We've all loaned the money for the Manxman etc etc but it is a business it should be allowed to operate as a business question is i suppose when all that taxpayers money's in there um why is it that the public aren't allowed to ask questions about that why does the chief minister so staunchly defend the fact that the steam packet and the manx development corporation aren't um uh, subject to foi manx radio is uh, you know, the Treasury is our beneficial shareholder. We have to answer FOI communications for being received of government money. So I'm sure that question will rumber on. What else have we got? The, um, the um, oh, reference the bishop. I'm Manx and I hate religion. View it as a terrible thing. Why should I have a bishop governing over me? Anyone care to answer, says James? Um, well, in fairness, the, the bishop doesn't govern over you, James. He's part of a parliament, okay? You could say that there are a number of different people in there with different views, different beliefs, um, who are governing over the you might not agree with. Um, but in a democracy, you give and take. Or, of course, you can move to somewhere like Russia or North Korea, where one person governs over you and you don't have a choice. Um, let's have a look. Um, <laughs> he's not the Bishop of the Isle of Man. He's a very naughty boy. Thank you, 756, bringing up some... Uh, Shall we say some um, light conversation? Um, uh, here we go. Robbie has been on. As it seems that government have made up their minds on wind power, um, where are they going to get all the concrete for the bases of these? The island's concrete plants working 24 hours a day. I don't think it could cope with the amount needed. Maybe they should start now removing and crushing stones from Douglas and Laxey Beach and stockpiling them. Well, in fairness, I'm sure when it comes to... Um, uh, the construction works and um, the materials required, there there, is, there will be no shortage of bringing them from off-island. We extended the runway with stone from Norway and sand that was brought over from Morecambe Bay um, for the runway extension out there. I walked around it a few weeks ago. It's quite a substantial size, so I, I don't think that is beyond the realms of uh, an engineer somewhere in uh, the... M-U-A, to actually sort that out. Uh, right, um, let's have a look. I think I've got uh, David wanting to talk about the post office. Hello, David. Hi, Alex. Just wanted to say it's a big thank you, really, and I want to put it out there to, to the Lottery Trust, mm. the Isle of Man Lottery Trust, and the, the funds that they distribute to help um, organisations, small organisations, sometimes big organisations, on the Isle of Man. And I, I just to those people who don't know what goes on. Maybe sometime they'll look over Christmas and see the Lottery Trust site and look at what they've actually done for individual things that's happened on the island. But the thank you letter that I distributed on uh, Monday in Peel, we were in with a load of people in Peel having a nice meal in uh, the Timble pub, and I put 
my letter, uh, Christmas card letter to the Lottery Trust. I hope you don't get a discount for that little plug there, David, by the way, just saying. (laughs) Well, I don't know. For all the work they did, right? So I rang them up this morning and just said, did you get me letter? Did you get me a thank you card? I hope you appreciate that. We do appreciate what you do. Mm -hmm. And I'm involved in a number of organisations there. And the lady said to me, we haven't got it. We haven't got it. So my concern is there, now we put an 80 pence stamp on something, and if you can't get it to the Isle of Man, never mind into the UK, are we panicking? Well, what was the cause of it, David? The cause, Well, I don't know what the cause is. As you could imagine, when you ring the post office up, it mm-hmm. said, it'll get there eventually. You know, is is that the sort of ish, um, uh, scenario you want to give out to businesses that can't get uh, documents delivered on time? No wonder the um, the post office is struggling. And I'm going to say it because it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The management side of the post office need to be looked at as well. I think Stu Peters needs to look at the whole thing and get a Beamer's report done on it and cut out the top uh, middle management there. You don't need to duplicate stuff. In, fair- in fairness, off. David, before we go down that route, let me challenge you on a couple of those. That So what you're suggesting is that um, Stu Peters, as the chair of the post office, should spend more public money looking into the operation of the post office when, at Christmas, their busiest time of the year, a postcard of yours hasn't got somewhere in the uh, expected amount of time. No, it's not only that. It's not just mine. It's people in business, people who are uh, operating small businesses on the island, sending parcels across. And have they, have they complained about this? Has there been has there been an issue about um, excessive yeah, yeah, I know, delays? I know a number of yeah. people operate small business and they're struggling to uh, put their business together with delays. And you, you've seen, I've seen it as well, when things are coming to the Isle of Man now, where they used to take a couple of days, they're taking longer and longer to come. And, and why was, do you think that is, David? What What's the cause of that? Uh, well, probably because we lost the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was thing on that and then the other thing too is the steam packets are probably not helping us because the boats don't come all the time but we need to look out of the I think Alex out of the box all the time to say we know the post office is going to struggle all the time they put the the cost of the stamp up but is that the real issue you need and to look at a, a, a an arm's length well it's not arm's length as such it's virtually in government as such the post office because it's run by the uh, the taxpayers, not one of these arm's length companies as such. We need to find out, is it efficient? Is it the, uh, the way they're operating now? Is it, is it efficient if they're doing these services? We don't get mail on a Saturday now, do we? Unless you've got a parcel that's mm-hmm. coming towards you. Well, so, I mean, we've all accepted that. Let, let me put but it I another am. way for you then, David. We're talking, obviously, about this um, legislation for um, the gas that's coming in on Tuesday. And um, we've we've very much... Um, are in the sort of UK um, mindset over the last few decades of that laissez-faire, you know, let let um, commerce find its own balance with very little government interference. Surely, with the amount of internet selling and buying nowadays, if our economy on the Isle of Man isn't big enough to support the post office with all the various different couriers and providers... Why hasn't the government even looked into the case of saying, well, I'll tell you what, parcels, they can only be delivered by the Isle of Man post? There we go. All the all the parcels that come to the Isle of Man. Why is there no regulation and restriction? Why do you think they've left it to the open market? No, no, there is a restriction on it. It's what we call an anti-competitive practice. And if you look mm-hmm. up that, uh, anti-competitive practices happen all the time. I've said it regarding the buses. 
The other issue is is the, is the post office as well. There's an anti-competitive practice because they're using government and taxpayers' resources to run a business and supplement it. It's the same thing that's going to happen with um, the housing board and a few other things. And the other, the other one, too, is why shouldn't we get to know what happens in the steam packet on a freedom of information request? Simple stuff. Have you asked your MHK that, by the way? I presume you're still in Onken. And what's Julie Edge and Rob Collis to say about that? Uh, I don't speak to one, but I've spoke to Rob about certain things. Uh, <laughs> well, and I know they're trying to hard. Then, <laughs> so basically, you don't well, speak no. to Julie. <laughs> well, well, no, because um, I think, um, well, I, I shouldn't say it on the air, but I'll, I'll, in another day I'll, I'll talk to you about it when I get things together, me jigsaw mm-hmm. comes together, and I'll let you know what it is. All right? Okay. Well, thanks for that, David. Thank, just uh, oh. the, the other thing, Alex, I was going to talk you, wandered me off a little bit too. The number of charities too, one's gone and there's a couple of businesses in Doug, in, in Onken have gone too. And why can't we just uh, intervene a little bit and help those charities out? They're run by volunteers, they're run by public subscription. And um, I, I think sometimes where government needs to put an arm around a charity or something like that, they should do it. I can assure right. you, David, that the um, the charities legislation that uh, Tim will passed a couple of years it's ago, hard. it's done completely the opposite. It's made it so much more difficult, and they it's they treat, us. they they do. And um, I don't think any of the MHKs, whenever I've spoken to them about it, really care. That's the problem. Well, yes, but why are they doing something about it? It's a simple thing to, to correct and do. And I hope that and I hope that some of the other charities will come on saying how difficult it is to operate something when they're supporting government. And mm. providing a service elsewhere to the community. All right. Lovely. Thanks, David. Great to speak to you. Um, David Quirk there. Um, I think we were talking about the post office. He did also highlight, though, the excellent work for the Manx Lottery Trust. Um, so well done, because I know for well um, that they do support a huge number of causes on the Isle of Man. You know, um, admitting uh, an interest myself, they've supported us at Groudle, but I know the team behind there um, works extremely hard. So um, do go and check out their website to see what they're supporting. Uh, right, we're going to get back to talking about the post office and the bishop in a moment. Just a... Manx Radio, the sound of Christmas. 25 to 1 now on the man in line, open line through till 1. Um, we're going to get to uh, Julian in a moment on the lines. Uh, first of all, uh, Rob Callister, MHK, uh, sent me a message saying, Hi Alex, in respect to the Bishop's vote, I'll be moving an adjournment next Tuesday and if that motion is successful, then the people of this island will have a greater say as to whether or not the Bishop should have a vote in the Manx Parliament. If that adjournment is successful, I hope everyone on the island takes part in that public consultation. Uh, thank you very much, Rob. For, for that one. Um, the, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, when you ask people on the surface, it's normally an emotional response. Very much like the Brexit vote. Okay, um, uh, People generally acknowledge that the Brexit vote generally in the UK was heart over head. And uh, a number of people now say that, well, if we knew it was going to be like this, and you sit there going, well, you did, but it was heart over head. Um, uh, so the question is that maybe in terms of um, the, you don't like the idea of having the bishop having a vote in the parliament, but then you sit there and think of the, the bigger picture, that actually it might sway your opinions. I mean, that's what the parliament's meant to be, a debating chamber to persuade people um, to different sides of an opinion. Um, uh, thank you very much also to, um, who's this, uh, Nelson, who says, uh, Manx Energy, the proposed new bill, doesn't that suggest instead of dithering, the House of Keys should push for the alleged offshore gas deposits? As for extending the sea boundaries, yes, before the coast is swamped with wind turbines, becoming an assault course for shipping. 
Ah, interesting point. Thank you very much for that one. Uh, let's go to the lines. And uh, Julian wants to talk uh, about the bishop. Good afternoon, Julian. Hi, Alex. Um, yeah, just adding on to Peter Murcott's uh, conversation earlier, uh-huh. uh, the vote to remove the bishop um, was 14 for and 9 against. So as far as the 14 MHKs who voted for Laurie Hooper's Constitution Bill, uh, can we assume to avoid any signs of hypocrisy that they won't be attending this lunchtime's Tinwald Christmas Carol service in half an hour? <laughs> uh, can, we, can we assume they'll be working during Christmas holidays like uh, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, um, will they um, be working all the way through Easter? And on Timwall Day, uh, will they be attending St. John's Church, saying the Lord's Prayer or singing the very um, Christian Manx National Anthem? And, and I know there's been a few people that have called in um, and they've questioned if the removal of the bishop has anything to do with the assisted dying bill and, you know, the connotation that suicide is regarded as a sin by the church. And so basically what you're implying there is that um, they want to have their cake and eat it as well. So they still get to go along to all these yeah. things that are considered. Uh, well, the, the question is, I mean, is and, and I, I very much am aware I'm going to about to play devil's advocate here. Um, possibly not the best phrase when talking religion. However, um, if their role requires it, so they're an MHK, they've been voted into this parliament and it's a three line whip that, you know, you're expected to turn up to this carol service. You're expected to do this. And they would turn around and go, well, actually, given a choice, maybe in this day and age, I wouldn't. If it was a member that is, you know, staunchly atheist or of a different religion, um, they they would turn around and abstain from that and say, actually, our parliament should be non-denominational. Um, what would you say if that was the case? Well, I mean, the point is, if you're trying to remove the bishop, um, you're doing that from a religious point of view, aren't you? So if that's the case, that kind of shows your hand, your your card is Mm. um, that way, isn't it? So if you are voting for that and then you're turning up for Christmas carols and saying the Lord's Prayer and all the rest of it, I mean, that kind of, like you said, it's having your cake and eating it. If you really believe that this is something that's worth doing, and there are several MHKs that have said, you know, there are... A lot of other things, you know, people are deciding whether to heat or eat. Um, You know, you've got massive amounts of money going on projects which don't seem to be benefiting the island. Um, The idea that they're expending mental energy on something like this seems, well, you know, if if it's so important, then put your money where your mouth is. I mean, do you think that um, in terms of a lot of the problems that we're, we're seeing, I know there was a protest earlier in the week trying to get the message through to um, Tim Wolf from people who effectively seem to feel that they're within a bubble and not realising the, the real world for people every day. Do you feel that actually this is, this is a, just something of a diversion when we, they, they should be sorting out the bigger, bigger issues? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know... <laughs> but surely, once again, um, I'll, once again I'll, I'll take devil's advocate. If that's the case, um, that next time... Um, well, for example, on this this bill, the next time Laurie Hooper goes to the voters of Ramsey and they say, why is it I couldn't get into A&E um, because it was overcrowded and underfunded, etc., um, and you as the health minister, but you were talking about the bishop, they turn around and go, right, we want you out. That's surely how accountability and democracy works. You vote out a person if you're not happy. It, it it's not as quick as people expect in the days of smartphones where we expect everything straight away, but surely we hold them to account for something they've done or not done or were not happy with at the next election, don't we? Yeah, I mean, you know, the optics might be better that Laurie Hooper's pictured on 
Christmas Day sitting in the Timwald uh, writing down um, ideas that can help people to get in and out of hospital better with appointments. That would, that would be better optics than attending the carol service today, wouldn't it? Um, possibly. You are making it sound like he's writing out a naughty and nice list. We should put him in a red suit with a white beard as well. <laughs> You know, um, but I, 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 I get your rather tongue-in-cheek um, idea there, yes. So, basically, your, your point is that if, if people are fully believing in this, you, we, we shouldn't be expecting any hypocrisy from the members. Absolutely. You know, if, you, if you're trying to get somebody out on the basis of religion, then don't attend Timwall Day, if that's the case, because that is a very, very... It's steeped in religious tradition. I mean, they're, they're in... St John's Church singing prayers and, and, and uh, carols and things. You know, you can't be voting the bishop out and also maintaining that office in that way, can you? No, good point. Thank you very much for that, Julian. Um, we will see who attends and who doesn't attend. Um, right, we were talking about, um, oh, I mentioned about wind farms before. Eddie's on. Hello, Eddie. Good afternoon. How you doing? Thought for the day, which we agreed we would do. Go on then. My thought for today against the wind farm is um, health and safety reasons. Yep. Um, mostly about the proven facts of the low-level uh, noise of which it's, uh, these wind turbines give off, um, uh, causes sleep deprivation, so forth. Um, uh, proven fact that it affects your brain sugars. So which in turn can cause mental illnesses, you name it, nothing good about it in the in the, the side of the health. Where did you get all this information from, Eddie? Is this a verified fact or is it internet rumour? All, all verified facts. If anybody wants to look them up, um, I'll get my associate Julian to give you the websites that you can find all the information on. Once again, is it verified websites or internet rumour? People. Pardon? Are they, are they verified, scientific verified websites, or is it internet rumour? All verified. It, it Even, I mean, I'm not computer literate at all, but my wife is, and since this uh, wind farm proposal mm -hmm. has been announced and everything, we've all got, everybody in my area uh, is concerned with it, so we've all been delving into everything we can find about it. Just on the specifics there, Eddie... Just on the specifics, sorry. Just on the specifics there, you were mentioning about sleep deprivation and things like this. Um, do you have any LED lights in your house? Any what? LED light bulbs. You know all these low wattage light bulbs that we have in street lights and everything else like this, which has been proven to interrupt sleep and things like this. And pe people don't seem to mind having those in their house. It seems to have just well, quite happily crept into our... Most most of my ordinary bulbs anyway. I'm a very old fashioned, <laughs> bit of an old co bit of an old cottagey sort type thing. It's a wonder I haven't got gas lamps actually. I don't know. Oh well, that, that, you, 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 you never know. <laughs> it might be better for emissions if you did. I'm not sure. But just just let me carry on where yep. I was going. I mean, in Germany, for instance, um, they've got wind turbines everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um two or three facts, the, the, the price of electricity has gone up 5%. We all know about that. But there is numerous towns in Germany that are actually taking the, uh, the local councils to court about these things because it's affecting their work, their illness, their mental health, so on. Is our government willing to take that risk again? Because everywhere around the world now, it's getting proven and proven and proven. Uh, one place in Germany won a battle where they forced them to switch the turbines off mm. for, a, I think it was a month or six weeks or something, 
and during that time, everybody got night's sleep again. So, so it, it, was, it my... was it was actually there with doctors um, being involved with it. So there you go. So I, I ask you then, if we if we're not for wind farms, okay, in in your opinion, you you've given me a lot of the the problems there. Give me give me a solution. How do we um, generate enough electricity going forward? We're not going to go back to living in mud huts and you know no, uh, oil lamps no. and stuff. So what what sh- what should we do in terms of generating electricity that doesn't involve pumping what? out toxic fumes? Well, my, my ideas, uh, uh, which I've already um, specified time and time again, is we must go for things that are totally green. Right. I mean, this, this government, nearly every one of them got in on green up to now. have been showing every reason why they're not green. But there are green things out there. One, for instance, is when our dam was built, it was built to fit four turbines, not two. Right. Um, I've watched programmes recently about a place in um, Sao Paulo and they have um, a a generation scheme there. uh, It's got 20 turbines, but they're the most modern type turbines going and they produce enough electricity for 19 million people. Wow. Well, pull pull the fractions down then. We're not 19 million. We are are 80,000. So our dam, with the right turbines, could produce an awful lot of electricity. And secondary to that is if we wanted to spend any more money, we could build another... Because of the the lay of the land up there at Solby, we've Mm -hmm. looked at it. If they built another dam slightly further down, you're then reusing the water that you've done initially to create a secondary um, dam with two turbines in so you'd end up with six turbines yeah and possibly have enough power to do the whole island just off that alone and then without that alone um i mean you've actually seen this museum and the museum at, at, uh, at castletown right mm-hmm. the old mill yep that used to produce enough electricity to mill every bit of corn for the whole of the south of the island you know, there's there's stuff out there. There's windmills. There's not windmills. Um, that's the last thing we want. There's water <laughs> mills. There's water mills. There's Archimedes screws. There's every technology which is thousands and thousands of years old that are proven to work. Yeah. And the one thing I said to Andy one day, I said, when you finish with that water, you put it back into the stream as clean as it was when you got it. Yeah. So why are we not going down the power, uh, the route of that? Or, or mm-hmm. like every ge- geothermals. I mean, I've yet to see anybody prove that it's not a good thing. The the only thing I'll say on geothermals, um, and I'm not, I'll have to do my research on this, but having spoken to some geologists, they swear that the rock we sit on is not right for geothermal. Um, now I I'm not going to get into debate on it because I will be open at this point and say I'm not 100% on my facts and figures. But um, in terms of water power, you've got a point because you know Laxey as a mining village, everything there used to be um, uh, powered by water. It wasn't just the Laxey wheel; literally everything. Um, in that valley used to be powered by water, didn't it, back in the day? Well, it was, there was a thing on um, um, one of the Northwest programmes uh, recently. I pointed that out to Andy. Um, it was a place called the Noidart Peninsula mm-hmm. off the west coast of Scotland. And they have got so fed up with being 
on off the grid, on off the grid, so on, that they produce their own um, turbine, a water turbine. It takes one bathful of water to keep it running. Wow! <laughs> and they get free, and they've got free electricity for the whole town. I, th- I forget how many, there are hundreds and hundreds of people. They said free electricity for an initial layout of somewhere in twenty. 20- 20 summit grand. You know what we need to do? We need to build one of those by you, Eddie, and every time you have your weekly bath, that'll be the whole island sorted. Yeah. <laughs> well, just just, just one other point that you you just said something about, in your opinion, you, you yep. know, you've done a little bit of the geology. Yep. When I, when I attended the meeting at Russian Primary School, mm-hmm. there was a guy in the audience who was a geologist with a lot of letters after his name who actually contradicted the guy who was feeling at the front mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by saying that the rock we do have on the Isle of Man is more or less identical to that in the south of England. Right. It may be a little deeper that you've got to go for it, but the rock is the same. So somewhere along the line, somebody's trying to give us a, a, a false impression of the rock. Why don't they come clean? Let, let's Let's get right into this. What I want to see is... The wind turbines stopped altogether until we know exactly what's going on. And look at every other way. At the moment, the government just don't seem to want to go any other way but like um, uh, lemmings jumping off the cliff. They want to go one way, and it's going to cost the taxpayers an absolute fortune. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks so much for your call on that one. Um, I don't think throwing lemmings off a cliff will uh, create much power, but uh, no, he, he, he makes his point. Thank you very much, Eddie, for that one. Uh, right, 10 to 1, man in line through until uh, 1 o'clock. You've got a few minutes left if you want to ring up and uh, have a bit of a rant off your chest. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. A few minutes left on the man in line now. Uh, thank you very much to the text from 927. It's Tony, actually, who says, wonder if the new Gaiety Theatre lights will be de-scoped by Tim Baker like he did to the horse tram. Thank God he's long gone. I think it was a little harsh um, uh, that um, uh, that I know Tim Baker was the minister when the horse trams were de-scoped from that. But interestingly enough, of course, um, uh, you will be able to find it seems to be a bit of a, um, a nest of vipers when you're trying to dig into where all the money, who's where, when and why when it comes to the, uh, the promenade. But... Um, uh, Alf Cannon was the Treasury Minister at the time so you know he was uh, he still got um, to a degree fingerprints on that project he'll be in tomorrow you can ask him that question on 66 13 68 uh, now uh, last to the lines um, uh, that it's uh, John who's on one to talk about wind farms uh, hello John oh hello uh, how are you doing it's John here um, I just wanted to come on on a positive note with all the negativity we get on virtually every day about wind farms and all. go on um, I have a wind turbine myself, um, and I just wanted to say, when Bonzo was on yesterday, I must say what is a good thing he said, which we haven't really thought about a lot. People are on about batteries very much for storage. Yes. But for weight, using as weight as gravity coming down, I think that's an excellent idea, that. It's, it's something I'll be looking at myself, actually, because gravity and weight is a tremendous thing. Um, even like even when I was across, like they used gravity diesel engines with the start, I and mean, it's just the weight that came up and the tremendous force coming down. You had energy going back up, 
So I think that's something really to look into. So thanks, Bonjour, for that, for mentioning about that. John, I have to ask you, the one thing that... John, the one thing that came to mind listening to Eddie before, talking about gravity and water flowing from the Sulby Dam, of course, is that I'm sure it would create a huge amount of energy, but surely the Sulby Dam is there to hold back our drinking water. So if we ran yes, turbines it all the time... Water. Yeah. I'm not talking about water. I'm talking about weights, having weights, huge weights, what Bonjour was mentioning about. Oh, right. And having that is releasing down slowly... Using your excess energy mm. when you've got too much, when we've got far too much sometimes, that the MEA now is starting to pay less and less for people putting energy in. Okay. So what they could be doing is lifting a weight up through energy and then slowly releasing, releasing it through a generator. And you'd supply virtually all your own energy. Forget about batteries. Say goodbye to those. And using a natural going back thousands of years. I mean, when I was in Australia, they even used water to store it to get across a thousand miles up the Nullarbor there, they had to lift it up high to push it further forward. Like So gravity is a tremendous amount. We need to be looking into that. Also about the wind turbines, if they don't go ahead with this now, mm. the Isle of Man is one of the best places that people would wish to have wind to go where there's other places don't have any at all. We'll miss out. It's fantastic. It's free billions of horsepower going everywhere down the drain if you don't catch it. Can I ask you, though, John, because um, I apologise, we're running short of time, but um, yes. that you said you've got a wind turbine on your house. Obviously, what people are yes. concerned about um, who ring in with a negative view is these massive um, wind generators that you have on hillsides. Do you think then that, because uh, which is very different than you having a small one on your house, do you think then that uh, we should maybe do this more small scale and say that actually everybody gets a grant to install a wind turbine or solar panels on their house and they do it on a small scale? Well, I haven't got that smaller one that's on the house. It's actually a 50-foot one, actually. Oh, right. So it's not that small. But, um, well, as far as the bigger the turbines they are, the more efficient they are. And all this thing about carbon coming off the blades and all this nonsense they have, there's more carbon coming off people's shoes as they walk around town than what there is of the plastic shoes they've got in the blades. And then the concrete they're saying putting in, don't worry about that. There's all concrete, there's all rock under the ground. Use the rock and put the concrete in. It doesn't do any harm to animals whatsoever. The birds love them. The sheep love them. It's the best energy in the world. Don't miss it. Lovely. Don't miss it. Thanks very much for that, uh, John. I am sure there are people who will uh, counteract that opinion and John's and some of the facts that he proposes there. But we're out of time to talk about them. Sorry about that. Thank you very much for all your comments this afternoon and being so supportive. I shall um, pass all the ones on to Andy and our newsroom. We do read them all, as Andy does say, even if we can't get to them live on air. Tomorrow, the Chief Minister, Alfred Cannon, MHK, is here on Open Line. Answering your questions, the leader of the nation, what would you like to ask him? Make sure you ring in tomorrow. Until then, Christy's up next. Have a wonderful Thursday. Ta-da.